we would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. We're continuing this series of Breakthrough 21, and today I'm going to, by the way, the series won't end with the fast. This is actually going to carry on uh, for a few more weeks, but uh, Breakthrough 21 uh, is the title of our series, and today we're going to talk about Breakthrough Prayer. Um, I don't care who you are in this room, all of us at one time or another, we have uh, needed a breakthrough. We needed a breakthrough in our our personal life, we've needed a breakthrough in our family, our relationships, we've needed a breakthrough in our finances, we need a breakthrough uh, in our health. All of us in this room have faced situations where we have needed a breakthrough. And um, today I want to focus on, uh, from here on out, several things that, that we have been talking about. Um, we've kind of been setting the stage for this over the last few weeks, but I want to talk to you about breakthrough prayer, what it means to have a a breakthrough prayer moment. Uh, Our anchor verse today is James 5.16, so if you have your Bibles, they can turn the light up a little bit. You can look along uh, with us uh, if we can get the house lights just a little brighter. Um, That way, if you have your Bibles, you can read along with us. But James 5.16 says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Um, the King James puts it, the prayers of, a, of the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man prevaileth much. And uh, any way you translate that scripture out of the Greek, uh, it simply means that it has to be a fervency in prayer. There must be a determination in your prayer life to see breakthrough. So again, James 5.16 uh, is our anchor verse today. To break is defined as to separate into parts and, uh, with sudden or uh, suddenness or violence. With suddenness or violence. Similar to breaking through, breakthrough prayer generates an abrupt, violent, and sudden rupture of whatever is hindering us from pushing beyond our limitations into the freedom that God has us. Whether it might be uh, issues of health, it might be issues of addiction, it might be issues of, of uh, you know, anger, um, you name it, fill in the blank, whatever may hinder us. There's an, it's an abrupt, violent, sudden rupture of that thing that hinders us from living a free life. Um, Jesus wants each and every one of us to live in freedom, to not live under the burden of sin, not to live under the threat of punishment, to, but to live in a, a breakthrough life. What, what needs to, in other words, what we need is brought from a spiritual world into our natural world so that we can see the visible and tangible demonstration of God's power and provision. Uh, and I'm going to share some keys to that in just a moment, um, uh, uh, at least three uh, keys to seeing breakthrough through prayer in your life. But before I do that, I just want to continue with, with, with this line of thought today. Who needs breakthrough prayer? Um, according to James 5, uh, 13 through 16. Let's read that today, today too. If anyone uh, among you, su- is, is anyone among you suffering, let him pray. Anyone cheerful, let him sing praise. Anyone among you sick, let him call on the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And, pr- and the prayer of, of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and, in, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. 
Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working, as it is working. I want you to take note of that. So who needs breakthrough prayer? Anyone who's suffering, the Bible says. Anyone who's cheerfully said, but it said to praise. Even those who are in a good place are still going to need to pray. Anyone who's in a great place still needs to pray. Anyone who is sick, uh, you, you need a breakthrough in your, in your health. Anyone who has committed sin, you need a breakthrough to salvation. Anyone, uh, in, in other words, everyone needs a breakthrough in their life. Everyone needs a breakthrough prayer in their life. And jo- James is addressing this uh, with, with some fervency. And, and again, we're going to kind of break this passage down as we go through. Breakthrough prayer must start with the recognition and confession of where we're at, where we're at with God. And um, I was sharing with somebody earlier before the service um, I, in, in my prayer time and in uh, just in some uh, I'm in a, a, a discussion group with several pastors as we begin to talk about the things that are going on in our world, the things that are going on in the church world, the things that are going on in our society, uh, it is my fundamental belief uh, and, and to, at my heart is my fundamental belief, we have lost the awe of who God is. Uh, in, in the church world. We, we no longer view him in the mighty holiness that he should be viewed. We have, con- we, have con- we have confused the essence of who God the Father is with the salvation side that was sent through his son Jesus Christ. And we don't realize that, that, uh, that we are uh, in a place of violation with him if we are sinning in our life. And we need a breakthrough to that freedom. And that breakthrough doesn't come through what we, we may think. And we're going to get into that in just a moment. But again, the first step to breakthrough is recognition and confession. And the way I recognize and confess, in other words, there's a lot of people I believe that are not healed of their sicknesses because they don't do what, what James says to do first of all, and that is confess your sins one to another. We like to dress that word up or confess your mistakes or your shortcomings or confess uh, your faults. We like that word because it's uh, you know, in, in a very familiar translation. Uh, well, you confess your faults. Faults sounds a whole lot less harsh than sin. Amen. How many likes to call it false mistakes, shortcomings? I do. I don't like the word sin. I don't like it. That, that word sin cuts. That word sin is painful. That word sin is something I don't want to hear about in my life. But I've got news for you. The Bible says for him that knows to do good and does it not, it is sin. Not a, a shortcoming, not a failure, not a mistake. It is sin. So if I'm not doing what is pleasing to the Father, I am in violation of, of, of his holiness and therefore I I am a sinner, and I need salvation. And the Bible says, uh, again, you've heard me preach it many times in Romans, shall we continue in sin that grace should abound? Paul would look at you and say, how can we do that? How can we continue uh, hurting the, uh, the heart of God the Father? How can we continue? There was a song written many years ago that said, do you, does he still feel the nails every time I fail? In other words, how many times will I hurt the heart of God and, and, and brand myself okay and say I'm all right? I've got news for you. If we want revival in America, there must be a call to confession and recognition of where I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There must be that kind of recognition. We think it's okay to do wrong and brand it as, I've got grace, I'm covered. How will we abuse the grace of our Lord Jesus? How long will we continue to do that? How long will we continue to do that and expect the favor of God? 
the blessings of God, the mercy of God. Mm. You say, boy, you've been hitting us hard. Well, God's been hitting me hard. (laughs) Told you it goes through me to get to you. In other words, if we need, a, we need breakthrough, breakthrough only comes through recognition and confession. Over the last few weeks, we have placed, uh, placed ourselves through fasting and prayer under the microscope of heaven. You may not have realized that, but if you're fasting and you're praying, what you have done is you've allowed yourself to go under the microscope of God. And God says what? I'm, I'm looking at your life. I'm looking at every part of you. I'm looking at the hidden things that are falling short in your life. But why does he do that? Not to catch you. Not to make you feel like you're an awful person. He wants you to see those things corrected so that you can truly live the abundant life that Jesus promised each and every one of us. You can't live an abundant life tethered to your past. You can't live an abundant life tethered to the weight of sin. That's why Paul would later say, lay aside the sin that so easily besets us, so easily trips us up. Lay it aside. Give victory over it through my son so that you can walk forward. That's what God wants. So we place ourselves through fasting and prayer under the microscope of heaven. We have allowed the Lord to look into the hidden areas of our lives. He's already been looking, by the way. It's just that I'm finally acknowledging it. Psalms 139, 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What is even 2,000 years ago, the psalmist was saying, or 4,000 years ago, the psalmist was saying what? Search my heart. Look into my life, God. Don't Look deep within my thoughts. Within my thoughts. Is there anything grieving you? Is there anything grieving you in my life? Amen. Have you ever... Last night we had our family devotion. Our devotion was on, on uh, trying to get toothpaste back in the tube. Great, great thought. In other words, once it's out, it's hard to get it back in. Once you say something, have anybody ever said anything besides me that instantly you regret? <laughs> anybody? In other words, you like desperately wish you could just reach and grab it and put it right back in your mouth because it's already come out. Okay? Everybody in this room at one time or another has said, or anybody ever had somebody say something to you and then they desperately, husbands, wives, try to get it back in? Come on. We're all, look, I'll tell you, I, I tell people a long time ago, some of you have discussions. Me and my wife have had arguments. Okay? It's a real world, folks. It's a real world. Let's be real. We've been too fake in the pulpit for too long. Let's be real about it. Look, it's hard sometimes. You say it to get it back. And how many of you have desperately, how many of you have done that? Come on, a little confession for the soul. You wish you could get it back, but it's too late. It's done out there. It's, It's been said already. We can blame it on a lot of things. We can say, well, my filter was off or whatever, but regardless of what the blame, you said it. It's out there, and it's hard to get back. In other words, you can't get the toothpaste back in the tube. Do you realize that God is saying, how many of you, when you've done that, have been so desperate to repair it? Come on. You want to repair it. You want to do everything you can to repair it. 
So, so you're trying your best to, to, to you know, make around. Husbands, you know, you're, you're, you got the cart out and the florist on the line, you know what I'm saying? You're doing your best to repair the breach, your, the, 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 the wound. You're doing your best. How many has been that way? You're desperate to fix it because you know you've wounded the heart of somebody you love. You know you've wounded them deeply with your words and it has cut them in their heart. I want you to know today we can, we can be that, con- that concerned about somebody made of flesh but you realize we can wound the heart of God. We can have grievous thoughts towards Him, grievous actions towards Him and I, it troubles me to my core when I look and I see in my own life the times I've done that and I've went on as business as normal. I haven't done anything to try to repair the breach. Haven't done anything to try to repair the wound. We can hurt the heart of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We can wound the heart of God. How do we wound the heart of God? With our sin, but I think we wound it even deeper by not acknowledging it. Amen. So search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It it is only when we become aware and recognize and acknowledge where we stand with God that we can truly have breakthrough prayer. If we want a breakthrough to healing, if we want a breakthrough to restoration in our our relationships, if we want a breakthrough uh, in in our finances, we want a breakthrough in in our relationship with our kids or our husband or wife or whoever, fill in the blank, a best friend. If we want breakthrough to God, if we really want revival in 21, it it will have to be a moment where the church acknowledges and recognizes and acknowledges where we stand with God. Where do you stand with God? Where do I stand with God today? Can I stand before His presence and can I, can I say, search me, God, put me under your microscope. Let me, Lord, show me, reveal to me the things that aren't like you. And more importantly, God, don't let me brand it as just a bad habit in the way I am. How many times have we done that? Without recognition and confession, there cannot be true repentance and change in our lives. James uh, declares in uh, chapter 5, verse 16, I labeled it part B, the last part of verse 16, the last sentence says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. In other words, the requirement for God to answer our prayers is simply this, righteousness. Now that sounds simple, but the word righteousness means obedient heart or an obedient soul, obedient person. Every one of us should be right, (laughs) right now, Rubbing our heads when I read that part of the verse to us saying, then my prayers will never be heard. (laughs) Come on. How many in this room are righteous? 100% righteous before God. I'm going to tell you, none of us, including the one preaching to you. Get ready. I'm not going to leave you hanging. Believe it or not, we're going to end on some hope today. In other words, the requirement for God to answer our prayers is simply this, righteousness. Every one of us, we fall short of that. In other words, in other words, it's impossible for you and I to have our prayers answered without a righteous heart. It's impossible. 
We can't have it. Let me further explain the, the impossibility for you and I to be righteous on our own. We can't be good enough. We can't be, uh, 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 we can't be good enough. We can't give enough. We can't minister enough. You can't sing enough. You can't preach enough, teach enough. You can't give enough to the poor. You can't pray enough. You can't praise enough. And you can't read your Bible enough to declare yourself righteous. You can't do it. Those works alone will not make you righteous before God. In other words, you can't say, because I have my private time with God, 30 minutes or 15 minutes or 30 seconds, whatever your time with God alone is every day, if you're consistent with it, you can't say just because of that you declare yourself righteous. In other words, these things will never make us righteous in the sight of God. Isaiah 64, 6 says this, We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteousness deeds are like a, like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf and, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, for our sake he made himself to be sin who knew no sin so that, that in him we might, we might become the righteousness of God. So in other words, it is through Christ that we become righteous and we cannot become righteous unless we first recognize and acknowledge where we stand with God and that is we are not righteous we need his help we have fallen short of the glory of God but I got good news for you today through the blood of Jesus Christ we are washed and we are cleansed and we are restored and we are placed in a righteous state and so when I confess my sins therefore my prayers are heard and they avail before God or they continually proceed before heaven's throne hmm as I was preparing this, these thoughts for you, I uh, was watching a podcast of a prayer service of a church in Tennessee, and uh, they had never done a prayer meeting before. I know that sounds strange to you, but they never have. And the pastor told him, said, now we've never done this before, but we're going to do this as biblical as we can. We're going to, and he pulls out James and then immediately I quit writing and I, my head snapped up to watch the screen because I'm like, all right, I'm fixing to preach on James. Let's hear it, brother. Lay it on me. He said, okay, according to James, when you're sick and you come before the church for prayer, the very first thing you need to do is confess your faults, your sins. I went, whoa, whoa. He said, if you want to be healed, you got to fulfill all of the Scripture, not just part of the Scripture. He said, we're good about calling on the elders of the church, but we're very poor at confessing our sins one to another. Now, I'm not talking about a public. They didn't make people publicly get up and say, hey, today I was, you know, No. But he said, you need to find somewhere to confess your sins before God and make that right before you can expect the healer to come to your body. Folks, that's the Bible. And all my life I've heard us go one direction with this. And so all I received from watching that was confirmation about what I already had on paper to share with you is that if we want to see a revival and we want to see a move of God, the very first thing is recognition and confession of where I stand with God. And that may take a moment before I come forward and say, Pastor Phil, pray for me to be healed, for me to get in the altar and say, okay, God, search my heart and look in me and see if there's any grievous thing between me and you. If I hurt your heart because I need your healing and Lord, I 
I know that the prayers of the righteous will avail, will, will proceed forward. And God, right now, I don't stand in a righteous state. So before I'm going to come to you and ask you for healing or restoration or a move of your spirit in my family, a move of your spirit in my kids, the very first thing I'm going to pray, God, is search me, oh God. Look into my life. Go into every area and bring to my thoughts the things that aren't like you. I wonder how many people would be healed if they went through that first. I wonder how many times I would have been healed if I had done that first. I'll pick on me. I wonder how many times we would have seen miracles take place if we'd have went through that process first of recognition and confession. Now, I'm not talking about sharing your business, your dirty laundry with all the church. I, I, I've seen that happen, and I don't think that's... I, don't, I, I have trouble with that. But I do believe we need to find a trustworthy brother and a trustworthy sister. Amen. If you a brother, find a brother. If you a sister, find a sister. Why? Because there's integrity in that. You don't open yourself up for trouble. Come on. That's just good preaching. Find you a brother if you're a brother. Find you a sister if you're a sister. And then you need to confess to them. You need to find somebody you can trust in this world to say, here's my mess. Here's my garbage. Here's the sin that is grieving the heart of God. And I'm going to confess him. Look, confessing, if I pull Jacob up here and I confess my sins to him, look, I am not going to find forgiveness and, and my sins are not going to be absolved through Jacob. But what I am doing is obeying the word of God that says confess your faults, find accountability with somebody. That's what it's talking about. In other words, I need you to hold me accountable because I want to maintain a righteous state before God I can't do it on my own but by confessing to you and asking you to hold me accountable now I can stay in a, and maintain a righteous state before God why is that so important I'm going to tell you if you have to ask yourself why God help you turn on the news for a few minutes look around the world a few minutes we need a move of God church we need a breakthrough this year we need God to shake the halls of, of hell this year and set some captives free this year and I'm here to tell you that's not going to happen till the captives within the walls of the church are set free and become righteous before him. We got to be set free. Oh God, help all the sinners get right. God, help all the Christians get right. Because 1 John 9 says this, what? 1-9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. God, if I confess my sins, look, if I fulfill the scripture, if I do what you're calling me to do, if I find accountability, then God, there's no telling. Look, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to see the lame walk. How about you? I'm ready to see the blind eyes open. I'm ready to see the deaf hear again. I'm ready to see people recover from COVID when they say, and you're going to die. That's what they've told my buddy Adam Jones they said, your dad has two choices. He, called, he texted me desperate last night for prayer. He said, dad has two choices, and he's got to make up his mind in 30 minutes. He goes on the vent, or he says his goodbyes.
I don't know if y'all been listening to that song, but I'll tell you what I thought of last night as I closed my eyes. I was praying for him, and I said, oh, but there's a third thing, for there's another in the fire. There's another one there. There's another one there. And God, you are option three. Lord, move. Lord, move. Lord, move. Folks, I'm talking about revival that you've only read about, that you've only dreamed about. Breakthrough prayer has to be consistent if we're going to see it. In other words, you can't pray once and expect an answer all the time. You, prayer must be consistent. In other words, we've got to bombard heaven, church, if we're going to see breakthrough in 21. We can't pray for three weeks and think that's enough for the, for the year. We can't pray for three, uh, you know, three consecutive days and think that's the answer. In other words, 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 12 through 22 says this, We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord. Admonish you. And to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, uh, admonish, the, uh, um, admonish the, the idle. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always speaks to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In other words, he's saying, you want to see these things, you've got to pray without ceasing. You've got to keep on hitting the target. You've got to keep on hitting your knees. You've got to keep on praying. I want you to know something. You've got to pray till you see that loved one saved. You've got to keep on praying after they're saved, but you've got to pray. And when it gets darkest and when it seems like there's no way they're going to give in, there's no way they're going to give their heart to Jesus, keep on praying. When you're praying for someone that's suffering through addiction. you got to keep on praying because our God will eventually break through for you. Our God will eventually come through for you. But you got to pray without ceasing. you got to pray every single day. Amen. Mm. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecy, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from the form of evil. In other words, he's saying stay away from evil. Stay away from the things that are self-destructive. That will destroy your righteous state. That will destroy your righteous state. There are things that will destroy your righteous state. And a lot of them begin right here with these wavering thoughts. Amen. Amen. Number two. Number two key to spiritual breakthrough is is simply understanding that these things don't happen by chance. There's too many Christians dismissing miracles as luck. Come on. Folks, I don't believe in luck. I believe in being blessed. I don't believe in luck. I don't believe luck is some magical force that's working in our world. And when, when I, I caught myself a few years ago, I tried to change that language in my mind. Oh, they're so lucky. No, they're so blessed. God was so merciful. God was so, anybody ever seen somebody that should have died, but they came out of it. Amen. So it should have died in that car accident. Should have died in that house fire. Should have died uh, of that heart attack. They shouldn't be, you know what, this guy's had two heart attacks. He's had five stints and now he's running marathons. That shouldn't be going on. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm telling you right now, quit calling it luck and call it what it is. Mercy and grace and blessing from the Father that is from above. 
Amen. Don't rob him of it. In other words, breakthrough doesn't happen. Breakthrough prayer does not happen by chance. It's not something that's just lucky. In other words, one of the biggest deceptions people fall into is the belief that the manifestations of the Spirit, like miracles, signs, wonders, and supernatural provision, occur just because. It just happens. God just did it just to do it. I've got news for you. Heaven moves when mankind moves. All through the Bible, you find me one story where God moved in a miraculous, miracle-working way without prayer being involved without God's people doing something. I've got news for you when you move, heaven moves. When I show faith, heaven answers my faith. When I take a step, God takes a step. In other words, the very first thing, I love the story of Peter walking on the water, will always be one of my favorite events of the time of Jesus. Why? Because it shows in itself so much about our walk with God. But what was the very first thing that Peter said after they cried out and thought it was a ghost and Jesus said, fear not, it's, it's it's me, it's I. He said, if it's you, Lord, let me come out there to you. And Jesus said, what? Come. Peter puts his feet over the edge of the boat. To me, that was amazing on itself. And I don't know if he took one step, five steps, 10 steps, 15 steps. The Bible doesn't tell us, but I do know this. There was a moment in Peter's life that the water was as solid as the stage I'm standing on, and he was standing on the water as he looked at Christ. Now, we all want to focus on the failure, but I want to focus on the attempt. I I want you to realize that he made the attempt when there was 11 others that hid in the boat. I want you to know there was 11 other guys that weren't volunteering to come out to Jesus, but Peter said, I want to come to you. If you're out there, that's where I want to be. I want you to know, no matter where Jesus is, if he's in the middle of the storm, if he's standing on the waves, if he's in the middle of a volcano, I want to be where he is. How about you? And if that means having the faith to walk on water, I want to have the faith to do that. What are you saying, Pastor? We've got to get our focus on what matters. And if we want to see miracles work and we want to see God come to pass and, and, and revival take hold of our community, it's not going to happen because you will it, wish it, or want it. It's going to come because the righteous prayers are availing before heaven, never ceasing before heaven, and that we see Jesus and we start walking. Wherever he is, that's where I want to be. Breakthrough prayer must be consistent in our life. Amen? In other words, it, has to, it can't happen by chance and it has to be consistent. There are some acts of God's sovereignty now. I'm not talking about those. There's some things God does out of his sovereignty. In other words, the world keeps hanging in the, in the universe where it's supposed to be because of God. Okay? That's his sovereignty. That's his rule. But every time in the New Testament when God moved, it involved the action of his people. Amen? In Jericho, the walls would have never failed if they'd have stayed in the camp praying for him to fall. God said, okay, you want to see Jericho's walls fall? March. And this is how you got to do it. A righteousness means obedience. You want to see healing? Then come here. Pfft. Mud in the eyes. Go wash. You want to be healed? Wash. Every time blind bar made us, I love that story, don't you? Sitting on beggar's lane. There was a lot of blind beggars on that road. He heard Jesus was coming by. He started crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, blind bar He hasn't got time for you. He's, don't you see he's a popular man? 
the more they tried to silence him, the more desperate his prayer, Jesus, Jesus, shut up, blind Barmaeus. He's not even going to listen to somebody like you. You don't even know. You're just a lowly blind beggar. He has nothing to do with you. Don't you realize who this is? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Come. Bible says he gets up and he cast off. A, a really loose translation of that in the Greek is slung. He just slung off cast off the beggar's garment why because Derry, he said i'm not coming back to this thing <laughs> what are you saying pastor time and time again revival came revival moves revival works revival enters the world through the actions of people through the prayers of people if you want to see breakthrough, it will come without unceasing prayer and realizing prayer doesn't happen or things don't just happen by chance. Listen, folks, quit giving luck credit for what God's doing in your life. Amen. In other words, if we want to see demonic territory spoiled this year, if we want to see demonic strongholds torn apart this year in our lives and in the lives of others, it comes through the, the moving of God's people. In other words, I believe this is a, th at this time in history of the church, God wants to perform and manifest mega miracles, mega provision, mega blessings. He wants to take it to the extreme. And he's not going to do it just because. He's going to do it because the church has a spirit of what? Recognition and acknowledgement and repentance and prayer. That God, I want to maintain a righteous place so that God, my prayers reach heaven and my prayers succeed. Amen. In other words, Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, what he was saying is, as you are going through this prayer process to see breakthrough in your life over this year, you can't get weary in well-doing. you got to keep on praying. you got to keep giving thanks. you got to stay focused. You got to keep lifting Jesus up. You got to keep on praying every single time you get a setback. Keep on lifting up the Lord. Keep on planting the seed. Keep on aligning yourself with the righteousness of God. Keep on bombarding heaven. And my friend, I'm telling you, there can't have, there, the, the, the natural result of that is breakthrough. The Great Isuzu Street revival did not take place until two. <laughs> Two black women decided enough is enough, and they said, we don't see it in our church. We don't see it in our community. We're not finding it in our preachers, so we're going to get on our faces before God in our home till we see something happen. And my friend, the great Azuzu Street outpouring was birthed through two women that said enough is enough is enough. We need a move of God, and we are desperate to see it, and we're not going to stop till we see a breakthrough. 
Every great awakening in our nation and in our world has happened through individuals who have made up their mind that they were going to see a breakthrough. And my friend, part of breakthrough is beginning to let God examine who we are, as I've said earlier, and see into our hearts. Romans 8, 28 through 30 says this, and we know that for those who love God, all things work to good for their good, or work together for their good. For those who are called according to His purpose, for those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that we might uh, that that He might be the firstborn among brothers. And those whom He predestined, He also called. And those who He called, He also justified. And those who He justified, He also glorified. In other words, Romans is declaring that nothing has happened by chance God's in control God's in control God has predestined the church to see revival but I'm here to tell you our actions will either further it away push it further away or hasten it to us will you stand Ephesians 6, 18 says, pray at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication to, the end, to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance. Make supplication for all saints. Colossians 4, 2 says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. In other words, over and over again, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. There's a lot of people trying to figure out how this year is going to go. Good luck with that. But Jeremiah 33 says, you know what? When you develop a prayer life, when you develop a relationship with God, when you walk before him righteously, he's going to reveal hidden things to you. You're going to get insight, in other words, into what's going on in our world that the world don't have. We need to quit letting Sean Hannity tell us what's going to happen. Come on. I like Sean Hannity. Don't get me wrong. I think he's okay. But I'm going to just tell you something. He don't know no more than anybody else what's going to happen in the days to come. And depending on your news source, you either got really great expectations or you really have very poor expectations. It just depends on your news source. But you know, my news source is not something I can turn on the TV. My news source is called the Holy Spirit. And He already knows what's ahead. Do you believe this morning that your prayers can alter th things that have been set in motion by the devil? Most definitely. <laughs> Do you realize the Bible says he comes to do what? Kill, steal, and destroy. <laughs> but I believe that prayer can cancel the assignment of the enemy. I believe prayer can change the circumstances that the enemy thinks I've set this beautiful, perfect trap for Phil. And my prayers, God can show me hidden things. You see the snare for he'll step around and walk with me you see the hidden thing you see the ambush ahead of you walk this way with me Phil 
But that doesn't happen unless I'm in clear standing with God. And so this morning, my answer to simply all of you in this room that is looking for a breakthrough is are you willing to pray the prayer, search me, oh God? Are you willing to get down to business with God where God puts your life under the microscope, not for His sake, but for your sake? He already knows. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to see breakthrough in our community this year? Breakthrough, and folks, I'm telling you, Chattooga County needs a move of God. I know the world does, but this is our world, and we need a move of God. We need revival that will shake this world. We've got to have it. We got to have it. There is no way in my mind I think we can can proceed another year without breakthrough. I don't think we can do it. The church has got to get intolerant of the sin. Oh, I am. I, I hate this sin in this world. No, I'm talking about the sin in my life. We got to quit tolerating the sin in our own lives. And it's easy for me to look and pick people out and say, "Oh no, I, I'll talk." Let's talk about Caleb's sin, Phil. Oh, I'm praying God deliver Caleb of of all the things that's fallen short in his life. That's easy for me to put that on him and get it off of me. No, God says, search me. (laughs) Oh, God. Look into my life, God. Put me under the microscope. And I got news for you. God will never put you under the microscope to reveal things to hurt you. He always reveals things so that James might be fulfilled, healing might take place. God's ready to heal some folks this morning. God's ready to heal you in your body. God's ready to heal you in your mind. God's ready to heal you in your spirit. God's ready to break through to freedom in your life. But I'm here to tell you, the first thing is recognition and acknowledgement. You've got to recognize and acknowledge and confess, and God will do a mighty work of, of forgiveness in your life. And once he does, then the healing can come. But we want to, we want the, we want to have the healing without that part. I don't want the confession, Pastor. I don't want that part. I don't want... To, to look at the ugliness of my sin I, for those that you, make you feel better your mistakes all of it's keeping you away from God but when you do you're going to leave here lighter <laughs> you're going to leave here free you're going to leave here ready to say okay the world is mean the world is ugly the world is sinful but you know what God now that I'm in a righteous state with you that doesn't make me better than anybody that just means that I can begin to pray and I can be a catalyst to see a move of God in my community I want to see a move of God I don't care where a move of God happens I don't care if it happens at Dry Valley Baptist I don't care if it happens at First Baptist United Methodist I don't care if it happens to your storefront churches we just need a move of God because if there's a real move of God it's going to spread like crazy through this whole community in other words when the forest fire's going and you see all these thousands of acres on fire very seldom do you hear the firefighters saying well you see this spot over here is the spot we need to worry about because that's where it started. No, they just see the blaze. I'm here to tell you, heaven is ready to set a fire of revival in this world. But it will come through God's people confessing and recognizing and confessing and repenting. Then we'll see revival. We
We would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc at gmail.com. If you would like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the Giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.